Welcome to Bald Logic Podcast. This is your host, Jody Dice. I want to welcome you to episode five. I hope that you are subscribed and listening to all these. I hope you're sharing this podcast with all of your friends on uh, your social media platforms. Uh, if you haven't rated us yet, please go and, and give us a five-star rating. Uh, that helps us uh, get our podcast up the list. And we also want to make sure that our fan base is getting everything that they're wanting out of this. So leave a comment. Uh, you can uh, also shoot us an email at info at saysomethingassembly.com. And uh, any questions or any podcast ideas that you may have in the future, we'd love to welcome you to that. Uh, last week, we had a very special guest on here. He was a, he's a great friend of mine. He's walked through a lot of stuff with us. And today, I'm going to welcome David Maxwell back to the show. Hey, thanks, Jody. I'm glad to be here, having a lot of fun hanging out with you. Man, it is a lot of fun being with you. Uh, things have been uh, kind of a crazy week. Uh, over the last week, things are starting to open up. Things are starting to get better. So uh, hopefully we're just going to get through this time. If you're listening to this podcast and the COVID experience is over, just know we were recording in the middle of the COVID experience. So. I know. You never realize how much you miss going and sitting down at a restaurant and eating. It's oh, just, yeah. It's, I, I want to hug somebody. That. I'm a hugger. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just yeah. ready to hug somebody. But uh, yeah, that and and places to go and do. I'm missing school assemblies. Good gosh, oh, I can't imagine. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's kind of been tough not getting into those environments. So, uh, hey man, let's let's kick this podcast off the way we do. A uh, couple of quick questions uh, that I want to ask you. Uh, favorite celebrity and why? Oh wow, celebrity. Um... Man, I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Um, if, if, if you take celebrities, anybody who's kind of famous, so it can go outside the bounds. Um, right now, probably the guy who's helped me the most kind of discover what I'm doing and all is a guy by the name of Michael Hyatt. Mm -hmm. He's an author. Um, he's got a great company. And um, he, he started a podcast and, and a blog years ago. And I started uh, listening to it, reading it. And that's, that really helped me even think about doing something, building a platform. And uh, so, so he's probably one of my favorites because he kind of has done kind of what I want to do. Mine will be in a different area. I want to help men. He's a business guy um, and, and a personal person, uh, life coach kind of guy. So, yeah, I'd say that's, he's probably one of my favorites. All right. An extreme event or activity that you would like to do that you have not done yet. I know you're a triathlete. You're a biker, a swimmer, a runner. You're, you truly are Superman, like you said in the last <laughs> episode to, to all of us bald fat guys. But extreme event or sport or activity that you could do that you haven't done yet. Um, I've, I've never – there's something about uh, parachuting, jumping out of an airplane – that yet fascinates me and yet scares me. And that's probably something I would try one day. Um, now, I've seen, I know that I think to actually do it, you have to do it tandem for a while, which means you're connected to someone else. And it looks like you're really close to them. And I don't know if that closeness might be too much for me. I don't know if I could handle that. But you're spooning with a guy. Yeah, huh? that's just it. You're, <laughs> you're seriously spooning. So 
I don't, that may be the thing that keeps me from doing it, but the, the free falling out of a plane, it just, it's that whole flight thing. Like I said, last time I wanted to be like Superman. That's probably something I would try. So why do we trust a parachute more than a bungee cord? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, bungee cord would be the same thing. I don't know if I do. I don't know. I don't, there's something about maybe we just feel safer. I, I don't know why that is not logical. Uh-uh. Now that you said that, I've never thought of it that way. Uh, maybe I should do bungee first. But I, I still don't think there's enough rubber bands to hold my butt up. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I saw one um, in, in, I think it was in uh, Korea or, or Taiwan. So there's a building that at the very top of it, they have places where people can bungee off the very top of this huge tower. And it looks absolutely amazing, but absolutely terrifying. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I got, I've got what you need to do. Oh, no. Yes. You need to go with me to Vegas. We have an office in Vegas, you know. And so yeah. for, for, for you that are listening, Free International that I'm with, a human trafficking organization is based out of Las Vegas. So we go out there several weeks out of the year and, and do operations and outreaches into the community trying to help uh, victims of human trafficking and, and exploitation. But we have some fun while we're out there. We'll go visit. You need to go to the top of the stratosphere and jump off. What's the stratosphere? The is big, it? tall tower in really? Las Vegas. Yeah, it's like, it's way taller than the Eiffel Tower. In fact, it's so tall. It was actually supposed to be, I think, another 400 feet higher. And uh, FAA wouldn't let them because it's too close to the airport. But it's up there. Wow. So they've got this jump thing where they you're suited up, you're in a harness, and it's not a bungee cord. It's this fan with a, with a spindle. You jump off the stratosphere, and the cables, it, it, your weight, and it, it's transitioning with friction, and it takes you all the way to the ground. You, no you, way. Yeah. And Oh, I got to look that up. Yeah. It's, so we were out there, and uh, the team and I, we had some downtime, and we went up to the top of the stratosphere. It's a really cool place to sit in the evening and watch the sunset. And yeah. You're so high up. I mean, helicopters are flying by eyeball level with you. Wow. So you're that high. And, yeah. And so we were sitting there, and there was these this young couple that were going to jump. And so, you know, Macho Man, we're going to talk about men today. Macho <laughs> Man is going to prove to his woman yeah. how bad and how tough he was. And he starts out, when he looks over the ledge, dude, he was shaking so bad. I thought he was acting. The shaking was obvious because really? you're wearing like a jumpsuit, too. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's like just super <laughs> shaking, and he's turned – he's – Super white. I mean, he is just paled out. Uh, and so they finally pull him back in because it's, yeah, you're, if you pay, you're jumping. They're yeah, pu- or yeah. They push you off. And they'll lift you up and push you out and then drop you if you wow. don't just go off. Yeah. His girlfriend or his fiance, whoever it was, she walks straight up. They unhook, hook to him. She turns and looks at him, gives him a thumbs up and just runs and bails off. So dude had to man up now because she just went. Yeah. However yeah. many, 800, 900 feet down. And so now he's got a man up and do it. And so he got up and we're all cheering and <laughs> trying to root him on. Finally, he turned around and was facing everyone and they did what I said. They just kind of pushed him off Dang. and sent him down. But it, you get the best of both worlds. You get that whole jumping out of airplane and yeah. you're not tandem hooked up yeah. to nobody. Okay. And you're not bungee cording. So you go all the way to the ground. Okay. So. I'm, I'm going to look that up. I mean, I, I, I've never had an interest of going to Vegas, but now I may have to try hey. just because I'd love to do that. 
That is hilarious. It is. It's pretty funny. And it's fun to watch all the other people do the the yeah. rides yeah, on top of the stratosphere to too. It. But yeah, it's. I may. I don't know. I have to look into that. I want to go downstairs. We didn't do that. I, I'd like to go downstairs and watch them when they get there. Oh yeah. Because you you watch that moment they go off, and then you, in the in the in the stratosphere, the windows are at a, probably a thirty sixty degree angle, so you can see off. If you're yeah. on the platform, you can see down. And so you're watching them go down, and you're like, that's a long way down because yeah. it's taking them a little bit to get to the bottom. Wow. I'd like to see what they look like when they get yeah, to the yeah. ground. Or how wet the jumpsuits are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd want my own jumpsuit. Oh, man. Well, man, we had touched bases in the previous episode about uh, you uh, working with uh, men and, mm-hmm. and coming up with uh, coaching and leading guys. Uh, you're in the process of, of writing a book right now, and uh, you are, uh, I would say, you're you're a man's man. Uh, you're a, a phenomenal dad. You you were a phenomenal husband, and uh, just want to talk about what you were talking about. Uh, you made reference to leadership and, and trying to help men become better men. Yeah, and yeah. explain. You you said you have four A's that you, that you're basing this on. Yeah, I uh, to me it's a thing of uh, wanting to. My my tagline for it is empowering men to live their adventure. Um, our society offers men only a couple options right now. You can either be Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you know, who who's just, you know, buff and all these things, or like a Ryan Gosling who can cry in the rain and play the piano. And most guys are neither one of those. And so they're trying to figure out, well, who am I? And every man has an adventure to live. It's it's different. You know, uh, some men actually live adventures. They're hunters. They, they do stuff that's wild and crazy. Some guys sit in a cubicle all day, but they still have an adventure to live. And so I want them to grab a hold of that. And what we do is we help men in, in four areas. I call them the four A's. We help them with their achievements um, to really figure out why are they achieving. Um, because achievements are basically either you're doing it for uh, notice which is an outside reason, or you do it from internal. And that makes a big difference in guys. A lot of guys are living their whole life to get the attaboys. You know, I got the bonus. I won the prize. Um, Their life can be being destroyed, but they're still striving to get something. Um, And and usually that comes from within. There's something empty that they need to fill up, where when you achieve because you're inwardly already validated, that achievement can mean something. You hold on to it because you don't have to have it. And so that makes a big difference. And then the other A is an appetite. Um, A lot of guys deal with appetites. Uh, Men have strong appetites. And I think that's the way we're designed. Um, And that's so we can take those appetites and and direct them. But if they're just out there going crazy, it's not really going to help anybody. The illustration I use is if you take just a handful of metal and throw it at someone, you know, you might give them a little cut depending on the metal. But if you hone that metal into a small cylinder and shoot it out of a small chamber at a very high rate of speed, you're going to do a lot more damage. So if we take our appetites and bring them in and learn how to control them and focus them, imagine what guys can do. And so what we do is we help guys with their appetites. Um, Some things may be normal. It could be something like overeating. It could be anything. And it could be things that are hurting them, gambling, pornography, stuff like that. So we want to help guys bring those areas under control. Uh, and then the other is attitude. 
And that's simply uh, men kind of owning their own attitude, taking responsibility for, hey, I'm, I'm angry right now. In fact, I was working on a blog post that I'm doing this week talking about standing in line. And I hate standing in line. And when you stand in line, you kind of, no matter what line I'm in, it's usually the slow line. It could be the fast line, but as soon as I get in it, it slows down. But, but I'll, I'll get mad at the workers, like at the movie theater. I'll get mad at the little kid making popcorn for me or whatever. And so my attitude gets kind of bad. And what I'm doing is I'm giving away my attitude to a little 16-year-old who works behind a thing doing popcorn. He's controlling my attitude. And so I, what I want to do is help men learn how to control their own attitude. It doesn't mean you don't get aggravated at things, but you don't allow those things to own you. Right. And um, so, and then the last one's just action. Just um, our world, I think, tends to push men toward uh, kind of an apathy, a passiveness. And, and we want to encourage men to take action, to not be afraid of failing, to not be afraid of trying new things, doing new things. Um, I think a lot of our younger men, especially, uh, they, they kind of grew up where uh, they were never allowed to fail. And so they don't know what to do with that. So they fear it. So I think a lot of guys just don't take action. They're not going to try something new. They're not going to put themselves out there. And I think they're missing a lot of what it means to be a man. Right. Well, you know, there was, I read a thing in a book. Uh, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember the author, but he was, I can't even remember the guy's name, Eldridge, Eldridge, maybe? Yeah, Eldridge. Yeah. John Eldridge. John Eldridge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had, in one of his books, he had put down that um, um, every man wants a damsel to rescue. Mm-hmm. He needs that adventure. He needs that war to go to, yeah. you know, kind of that action that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think that's what or a lot achievement, of... achievement, I guess. Yeah, a lot of guys, that's why I think the virtual world has become uh, so all-encompassing for so many men, especially young men. And, and even, even dads now who they've been gaming their whole life, they're a father with children and they're still playing three and four hours on Xbox every night or something like that. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, the Xbox is bad. I'm just saying that it's a priority thing. What they're doing is they're getting a sense of adventure from a game instead of life. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of guys who are, who are trapped in pornography, it's the same thing. They feel like they're the man when they watch that. So it gives them that sense of adventure that I think they haven't seen that they can have in life. Um, and so I think, I think what we want to do is help men realize that, hey, your life is an adventure. Yeah, you may be an insurance agent who sit behind a desk and answer calls all day, but you can still have an adventure, you know, especially if you're married, if you have kids, your life can be an adventure. It doesn't have to just be this where you're settling. Right. You know, and even on that, I was just thinking about as you were talking the in the video realm we do we see a lot more mm-hmm. um in fact, I laid on the on the pallet and watched my grandson play the new style of Mario, and it wasn't the old school like <laughs> we used to play. He's wanting G to help him, and he calls me g diddy and or g and he's g I need you to help me he's five years old, so he, he or just turned six and so he's, he can't read all the things that yeah. the little talking things yeah. say, so yeah. he wants me to read them for him. And then he wants me to help him solve the problem. I'm like, bro, I stunk at it when it was the old school <laughs> Donkey Kong, you know, jumping barrels rolling down the hill yeah. or whatever. 
And uh, but when you say that, I think back. If you, I can remember men my age and younger. I just turned fifty in December. Um, there was softball leagues everywhere, mm-hmm. and you don't see that as much. I mean, they're, they're still out there, but it, it doesn't. It seemed like there was a, a sport, or there was something that yeah. that gave you that sense of achievement. That I got to win. I got to have that victory or yeah. that drive. And I think a lot of guys, uh, it's just been replaced by other stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I think we have, like, uh, some of the younger fathers now, they've been raised in homes where maybe they didn't have a dad or or they never saw a good example of what it means to be a, a man who's living that way. Um, and so what we want to do is, is help guys kind of find out, okay, who am I? What's my purpose? What am I here for? And how does that relate to what I do? You know, because I think if, if a man learns that, he'll be a better husband, he'll be a better father, um, he'll be a better friend. Um, even a guy who is single, if he can start living on purpose, imagine what could happen in his life. You know, uh, I look back over my life when I got married, I mean, just complete noob in so many ways. I didn't know what it meant to be a man. I didn't know how to be a man. Everything was outward based. I wanted people to like me. I wanted, you know, people to think I was cool or whatever. And, and as I took that journey and kind of started finding my adventure, I started realizing how little a lot of that stuff meant. But in our society today, it's what people live for. You know, how many likes do I have? How many views has my video gotten? Stuff like that. These things that make them feel like they're achieving something. Right. But it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-mm. And And from the whole achievement aspect, and I, I think guys... This is kind of a, a, a broad spectrum, but uh, I listened to two guys over in, in Birmingham on the Rick and Bubba show at times, and they always talked about the putification of America. Yeah. How a, a lot of men are downplayed as dumb and ignorant, and and and, and sometimes I guess we are, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You... Well, and it's, it's a thing where I think a lot of guys just never learned anything. Right. You know, uh, they grew up with a single mom, and, and never had anyone or the example they had wasn't very good. You know, uh, my dad, like I was, I was coaching a guy the other day where he said, my dad taught me how to work. My dad was a hard worker. And so he's a hard worker, but he doesn't know how to relate to his wife. Uh, he doesn't have any kids yet, but he's, he's wanting to grow in those areas because he wants to be better for his family. And I, and I think that's what we have to see is, is men don't have a sense of adventure anymore. They're just kind of surviving. I think a lot of guys who, especially who are young dads, they're just in survival mode. Yeah. You know, they've got little kids, they've got a wife. And so they're just, hey, I made it through the day. I didn't kill anyone. You know, and there, there are days like that. But if you don't have an overall goal, I think as men, if we're not looking at the big picture, I think we kind of lose a little bit of that fire. And that's when we can just, you know, I'll just sit and watch Netflix. It's not that big a deal. I watch someone else's adventure instead of living my own. Yep. Which anytime I think about uh, the dad that tries to be these points. Yeah. Clark Griswold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think of Clark. we're going to Wally world. We're yeah. going to have the best Christmas <laughs> yeah. ever. We're going to have the best Christmas. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a lot of guys they're trying. They just don't know. They, they don't know. They don't know uh, how to relate to their wife. And, and she's trying to figure him out when, if he doesn't know himself, how is she going to know him? Right. And, uh, I tell guys that when you, 
kind of start getting in touch with the why behind your life, it's easier for you to connect with your wife because you can explain yourself to her. She's not going to explain you. Men and women are different. And then I said, your children also. When you know yourself better, you can relate to your children better, which makes you more empathetic, which will make you a better parent um, in every area. And I think a lot of guys, that'll give them a little bit of confidence because most of the time as dads, I mean, we're just faking it. I mean, we're, we're like, this sounds like the right decision. And I'm not saying you're ever going to know everything is perfect, but you can have a lot more confidence in your decision. You know, um, I sit back as a dad, even as a father, I mean, and a husband, I guess dad and father, same thing, but as a husband, um, I was always more reactive than responsive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times there's a lot of frustration in a dad. Um, We respond at work one way. Yeah, yeah. And we come home and, and a lot of that frustration or whatever from work, you have a boss that's overbearing or oppressive or whatever. You have no voice there. You get home. The next thing you know, someone comes in and it's a mild spill or something and, and you have yeah. an atomic reaction to it. And you're blowing it. up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liken it to, um, I call it brain boxes. I think a lot of men, what we do is we kind of box up things and put them into our brain in another location. And so what happens is our brains get full of those boxes. Then it becomes hard for us to process through things. So we get frustrated, and that frustration can come across as anger. Uh, uh, like uh, when I first got married, Angie and I, my wife, we would, we would have an argument. Well, she was a lawyer. I mean, she could remember everything. <laughs> You're right. I couldn't remember what I ate the day before. You know, and she would be like, well, you said six weeks ago this, and then you said this, and then you said this. And I'd be like, I don't know. And so I would get so mad because I couldn't process my own feel. I couldn't explain anything that I would, I would want to throw things or do things. And, and so I would just end up walking away. And I would, of course, slam a door because that's real manly. But, or I would go clean a kitchen. I would go clean my house just so I don't hit the wall you know, or do something else that's worse. So um, sometimes I wondered if she started arguments with me just to get me to clean the kitchen. <laughs> but, um, but eventually I learned how to actually process through and say, okay, let me tell you what I'm feeling. And that's not a touchy-feely thing. Um, men are very strong. They have very strong emotions. Some men are not very emotional. They don't cry. They don't react like that, but they feel strongly. And I think we've taken that away from men where we don't allow them to feel. We say, well, men aren't emotional. No, that's wrong. Men are very emotional, but they may not show it, but they feel it. They feel it strongly. And if we don't help them learn what to do with those feelings, a lot of times they just get boxed up and put to the back of the brain. Um, And then that'll fill up and they'll get frustrated. And so, yeah, the, the glass of spilled milk, it's not a big deal, but when it processes through all that brain that's full of junk, yeah, you're going to blow up because that glass of milk is going to represent all kinds of things to you. And, you know, I'm being a bad dad and whatever. And, and usually the person ends up paying the price for it. Right. And, but in all of this, you're not saying that the man is the, the solo character of the family either. I mean, no, that's why we have a, a spouse there, our helpmate. And- exactly. It's all, about, it's all about the man taking a role of leadership, um, but it's also, it begins with him leading himself. 
And when a man does that, then he'll help lead his family and he'll have better connections with his family, which will make the whole family stronger. That's the beauty of it. Um, I think a lot of dads have, uh, they feel like failures. Maybe, maybe a divorce happened or these kind of things happened. So they think, well, what's the use? Well, that's it, not the best attitude. I mean, yeah, mistakes have happened, but that doesn't mean the rest of it has to be bad. And so I want to help because a, a lot of men feel like when they go to men's things, you know, something that's to help men, it's to shame them. And that's what I don't want to do. I want to help men become stronger, become the men they were designed to be. That way they can relate. And if it means going back and saying, hey, guess what? I messed up here. Well, you do that. That's what men do. But then you try to fix. You try to clean up. You try to do. You know, we've all messed up and failed, you know, uh, when you played football. Sometimes, you know, you just totally miss the tackle. Well, do you just walk off the field? <laughs> I'm never playing football again. You know, some people may have needed to do that, but you know, we don't, you get back out there or the coach yells at you to get back out there and do it again. And then you make the next tackle and you're like, Oh, okay, I can do this. So I think a lot of guys have just stopped because they don't know what they're doing and we just want to help them do it. So how does your uh, coaching program work? Uh, someone signs up. Yeah. We have one right now we're doing one-on-one coaching. Okay. Uh, we're working on a digital coaching course um, that'll be a less expensive option for men. But right now it's a one-on-one coaching. Uh, what we do is we do a 12-week program called Quest for Manhood. And uh, it takes men through the four A's and it helps them process through why they do what they do. Uh, we help them find a purpose statement for themselves. We help them deal with some of their areas of appetites. Um, learn how to process their thoughts and feelings because a lot of guys don't know how to do that. So we try to do it in a way that it's... it's uh, do it in a way that's manly. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of men's saying that, well, you just need to think like a woman. Well, we're not. We've got the one side of the brain. So we need to, we need to deal with what we have. And I think there is a way for men to do that and then to take action. So what we do is we do that in a 12 week, it's nine sessions we do over 12 weeks. And right now I'm doing that one-on-one with guys, um, one-on-one through zoom calls or one-on-one in person in our local area. And then um, we're working on doing a digital curriculum where more people can be involved at a lower price point to help more men. Cool. That's a really good uh, tool and asset. I'm just going to be honest with you. As a a dad, um, my wife and I got married right out of high school. In fact, when I say right out of high school, she graduated high school in June. We got married in August. Wow. Two years later, had our first kid. Two years later, the last kid. And then I always say we all grew up together from that point because <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's how it felt. And um, I, I sit back and I look at things about a dad. Now, I've always been an avid outdoorsman. I was raised by uh, a dad that was, uh, I would call him the manliest of man. He was uh, or is uh, kind of one of these quiet kind of guys, soft-spoken mm-hmm. kind of guys. Yeah. But when he talked, a lot of people would start listening. He served on boards and stuff at times. And uh, everyone knew that when he spoke, it was usually something profound that you need to listen yeah. to. At the other side, he was where I got my, I think, my atomic reactions to mm-hmm. things. Yeah, He was an old offshore guy, you know, so he's tough old southern country boy from down south Mississippi. And mm-hmm. um he was a hunter, fisherman, all this stuff. And so he always kept us in those types of environments. And so even in that, there was kind of that spirit of conquest and adventure yeah. that, that yeah. we could always get into and enjoy. He was also a guy of his word and still is. 
He tells you he's going to do something. You don't have to sign a contract. You know that he's going to do what he's he says do and do it. That's awesome. And, you know, that's always been a great thing. And uh, Ed, probably to a fault, you know, even mm-hmm. as he's getting older, you know, he, he'll still commit to do things. You're <laughs> like, Dad, you, you're retired. You don't have to do these <laughs> things, you know. Yeah. But, but I think that kind of goes back to the achievement things. Even yeah. in him, there's things he still wants to be able to yeah. say that he can do, say, say that he, he can, can accomplish. And Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's most men, and and I think it's a matter of helping men uh, find kind of their niche. I think when men find out what they're gifted for and who they are, I think that means a whole lot. Well, Dave, man, I appreciate you being here today. It's been a a, a great opportunity to hang out with you again, and hopefully, if you're listening to this, that you will go to davidthemaxwell.com. That's right. You have your links on there to how people could uh, get coaching if they wanted it. Yeah, the coaching link, speaking link, uh, my blog is on there so they can check out all the all the resources. Cool. So be sure to go to davidthemaxwell.com. Again, all these will be in the show notes as well. Check out Dave's social media. Uh, you'll really enjoy being a part of, uh, of this, and you'll learn a lot. I'm just going to tell you, uh, great guy, great opportunity. Again, if there's anything that um, we can do to make sure that we connect you to him, uh, shoot us an email at info at saysomethingassembly.com, and we'll be sure it gets there. So, Dave, thanks again, man. Thanks for being here. Um, Enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. Can't wait to hear how this podcast takes off. Sounds good, bro. Well, today's episode was brought to you today by Bark, the application Uh, It's an app that is the most comprehensive monitoring tool today trusted by parents and approved by schools all over the nation. Uh, It monitors an uh, unlimited number of children and uh, accounts uh, and saves you time of having to figure out what your kids are looking at or or seeing on their phones or or their um, uh, tablets. It detects potential risks as a 24-7 guardian on it so it's always watching and preserving your children's privacy Uh, it alerts you to issues along with the next steps that you need to do to address them Uh, you can find bark in the apple store and google play so i have parents all the time asking me what is a good way to protect our kids and take care of our kids what's something we can put on uh, their phones Uh, i have guys that work in the cyber crime area with the attorney general's office and the fbi and stuff and hands down, they say Bark is one of the, if not the best, uh, application that you can have on there to do that. And if you go today and you sign up at Bark.us or go to the App Store and download the app, if you'll put in the promotion code Say Something Ten, uh, you'll get a ten percent discount for hearing it on Bald Logic and Say Something School Assemblies and Free International. So again, uh, be sure to go check out Bark and and help this. Uh, be a way to impact uh, your kids and help protect them from things that's out there. Trust me, we see things all the time uh, in the world that we work in that will help you protect your kids. So thanks again for listening to Bald Logic Podcast. Be sure to go give us a five-star rating. Uh, share this podcast. Share the uh, not just the episode, but share the whole podcast. And be sure to give us some feedback. Thank you for listening today.